For me, I knew for sure. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I knew years ago that I was going to be an entrepreneur. I just had to figure out what company I was going to go after. And now I have lots of ideas for other things that I could do someday. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy course, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Welcome to the Dreamer's Moment. We talk to people who are in the arena, chasing their dreams. Hi, I'm April Davis, founder and matchmaker with Luma Luxury Matchmaking. Okay, so what exactly is luxury matchmaking? What we do is we basically we represent singles who are looking for a long-term committed relationship and essentially we're an extension of our clients to vet people on their behalf and find that person who would be a good fit for them and then we set them up on a date we, and we plan the dates and everything too so all they have to do is just show up and they'll know that they are meeting with somebody that has been thoroughly vetted on their behalf. And it's just a way to kind of outsource the entire process of online dating and all the nightmares that go along with that. And so that way we make sure that we see everyone and we meet with them. And that way we can see, you know, are they truly five foot ten if they say, you know, <laughs> if he is. Or, you know, are, are those pictures 10 years or 10 pounds outdated. Right. No. Yeah. Does that sound common? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you were kind of a matchmaker before you even started your company. How did you get identified as a, as a matchmaker? I was always doing matchmaking for fun and not just for romantic purposes, but also for you know business professionals and um, just friendships. You know, if I met someone that you know, they sold insurance. I knew someone that needed insurance. I could put them together and do an introduction. Or I've I've also done it with some of my clients where I'm like, oh, I met somebody that um, you know is in medical sales and he's looking for a new job. And you know, I it was someone that owned a medical device company, and so I kind of put them in in touch and did an introduction. So it's just always have done it and had a knack for it. And then my background was in process improvement, so I started hearing all these complaints about online dating and how hard it was for singles and I had a lot of single friends and I had a lot of single successful good-looking friends <laughs> and I'm like wow you know I have the good supply right here so I could start a company where I um, could just vet people on their behalf and kind of be the middleman to put people together so okay. it's all, still the best way to meet someone is through someone else 
you know? Right. Right, and I suppose you don't really get that kind of attention with uh, uh, eHarmony and services like that. No, I mean, even, actually, eHarmony even has a matchmaking branch, but they're still limited, and they don't meet with people. We, they might, I don't know if they do FaceTime or Skype or something, but we actually do meet with everyone and see them in person. And you pick up on so much when you have a conversation with someone, and you meet them, and you see them, and you see their mannerisms and how they carry themselves and that can make someone more or less attractive really quickly oh that that brings up a great question what if you have somebody coming in with some some money and some status but you're just really turned off by what you what you discover oh yeah it happens a lot (laughs) where there yeah there are just some people that are not good people and i'm you know i'm a midwestern girl and i just i have I can't stand how superficial some people can be or just gross. <laughs> and, mm. uh, like, I'm not going to deal with it or be around it if it disgusts me that much. So, mm. yeah. <laughs> I don't care how much money they have or who they are. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter to me. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, so I saw your success rate. It's very high. It's above 80%. Um, I know you can't give away all your trade secrets, but what are some of the basic things you would look for to make a good match how does that process work well we start with the basics you know there's a physical description of who somebody would be attracted to and we try to keep that kind of high level we try to get people to be open-minded on what kind of packet package someone could come in but the basic things around okay what age and then religion and politics and kids you know all those things play a role in how we filter through people but then you start going down to the next layers of just one thing that we can see when we meet with people you don't necessarily pick up on um, from just reading a profile. You can get a feel for their personality and know who would be a good complement to them. They don't have to be twins, but they have to be able to complement each other. And you can sometimes get a feel for people that are just cut from the same cloth, so to speak. And then that can tell us, you know, they're, they would be a good fit for each other. And they may or may not have similar interests. I mean, they might they might have similar interests, but they don't have to be the same interests or hobbies. You know, people don't have to be twins, but they should complement each other. Does it kind of fly in the face of opposites attract? Um, no, I mean, I think opposites can attract if people are open-minded and, they're, and they have an open heart. I mean, I'm a perfect example of that, I think. I'm from northern Minnesota, and um, my husband is, you know, he's a city boy from <laughs> the Twin Cities. And just, we're, we are very different on paper, but if you peel back the onion a layer or two, you start to see that we have a lot of similar values. And that's another thing that we look at when we're matching people is seeing, okay, what do they want? How do they look at the world? You know, just, we have a lot of, a, a lot of similar values, but not so much exterior similarities. Okay. Uh, so uh, before starting this company, you had a solid career with a Fortune 500 company. So what made you start to transition into wanting to step out on your own? Well, I think like a lot of people, you just want more. You know, I always saw myself as very driven and corporate America would only let you do so much. You could only go so far. And so I always... I had just started thinking, okay, I'm going to do something on the side and started this on the side. But then one day they um, they let my boss go, who he had been with the company for 32 years and 
had raised four kids and had figured since his background was an audit, he always had tracked his hours and he had figured that he put in nine years of overtime with this company and then they just cut him loose. It was so cold hearted and yeah, it was very rude. And of course they replaced him with somebody that was younger and cheaper. And so that day I just, I set aside my corporate computer and picked up my personal computer and just started going nonstop on my business and, I think since then, you know, I was working from 5 a.m. till 10 o'clock at night every day, just between the two jobs, trying to get this other, um, my my Luma matchmaking off the ground and going. So was it an idea that you had all along, or was it this experience with your boss that made you come up with well, the idea? I had already started it before that happened, but when that happened, it was the fuel on the fire. You know, it was just kind of on the side and was you know just work on it here and there but that was that was when I really got serious and was and said you know I got to get out of here and I need to make this go and I had thought of it um just one day you know I was bored at work and I just said you know I need something and it was funny because I was thinking okay what 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 do people always need and this was during the recession it was 2010 like what are people always going to need no matter what I'm like, well, there's alcohol and then there's coffee, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but the coffee market's pretty saturated. And then I thought, you know, they need love. They need relationships. And there's so many online dating apps, but I just, I knew, we, okay, how can we improve upon this? Mm-hmm. And that's where I started doing some competition analysis, looked at some of the other matchmaking, so-called matchmaking firms that are out there and saw a lot of them were just these franchise models, which are kind of like McDonald's models for dating, which doesn't work at all and so that's why we wanted to i wanted this to be more of a boutique more of a a real personalized one-on-one type of feel because i mean we care we all of us that work for this company love love we love you know hearing our clients had a great date and you know they're getting engaged or married and having kids and all that i mean that there's nothing more rewarding than seeing that come to fruition Okay, so you had it rolling in some measure before you quit, and then so describe the the from the day you quit to kind of transitioning into full time entrepreneurship. What was that uh, journey like? Was it real difficult in the beginning, or were you successful right out of the gate? How how did that go? Well, by the time I quit, the company was plenty was successful. I had I was I just couldn't even I couldn't stay at my corporate job anymore because it was it was just taking me away my from what I could be really investing more in. And I had three full-time employees for Luma matchmaking. So I knew I needed to focus my all my attention on that solely so I, so I could really help to keep the company growing and going forward. Okay, so it sounds like you had good momentum right out of the gate. Um, were there low moments where you wondered... If it was going to work out, you might have to go go back into corporate America. Yeah. Well, no, I was. <laughs> Some people say that you know their fear is of failing. My fear was of going back to corporate America. <laughs> like I was, I, I had to walk by there that building because I lived downtown and um, lived right by the building actually. And I was like, no, I do not want to go back there. I can't. I can't do that. But, um, yeah, I would say that first year I had these employees, the three full-time employees, and within the first year they, I had to fire them all. They just, once I was with them all the time seeing, you know, more in, in the business, I could see what was 
not working. And, um, you know, that was frustrating. One, I, you know, I had her phone or I, I, um, she would use a business phone and I could see she was face on Facebook and text messaging, you know, guys and she was dating, you know, on <laughs> herself. And then another one just wasn't really, it wasn't hitting her metrics, wasn't really doing anything. And so it was just, that was frustrating. That was, that was definitely a low, but what it made me do though, is take a step back and take a step into the, all the roles of um, the matchmaker, of the marketing person, of the salesperson, and I really had to learn all of those positions thoroughly, which helped me to be able to train the next person that would come into those roles. Okay. Can I ask how many people are working for you now? Now there's six of us. Okay. All right. Are you pretty much plugged into most of the uh, dating experiences in one way or another, or is it, are you more indirect, or are you directly involved? With all my clients, you mean? Yeah. Or, right. Um, I am. I do have some clients, but the people that work for me, they have their own clients. But we all kind of help each other with their client with our clients. Okay. Also, for people who are um, who are are in the situation you were in a job, frustrated and, and thinking about taking that step. Uh, first, I guess I, I should ask, how is life different now for you? How, you know, what are the what are the benefits of having gone out on your own? How is life different? I think, well, it's different because you get flexibility. You know, you can make your schedule. You are your own boss. But really, your clients are your boss. And there, that part can be, I mean, I had a lot of sleepless nights and stress. And, I mean, you're, yeah, your clients are really <laughs> ultimately who you're, who you're responsible to. And that can be, that's a lot of pressure. You know, it can be a lot of pressure. But I think for people that are thinking about being an entrepreneur, they get. I think you really need to take a step back and figure out. Okay, am I an entrepreneur, or in like in my case, or am I a matchmaker? Do I just want to do matchmaking, or do I want to do, you know, building a business? And for me, I knew for sure. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I knew years ago that I was going to be an entrepreneur. I just had to figure out what company I was going to go after. And now I have lots of ideas for other things that I could do someday. Sure. But yeah. Mm-hmm. From what I had read, it sounded like, uh, at least if I read it right, 2015 was very successful for you. Yes, and we've actually doubled year over year this year. Oh, man. Yeah. So. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's all that work that I did a year or two ago. That's really, it's just the wheel keeps spinning and the momentum keeps growing and growing. And every year I'm surprising myself on how well it's going and like holy cow (laughs) but this is what I had set up you know to do and I'm a big proponent of having a plan writing it down knowing your numbers I have an accounting degree so that helps in my background is somewhat in finance too so that helps you know I I drew up every year I create a plan and I have the metrics that go into it and we say okay how many people need to go to our website how many people need to fill out a form how many people need to schedule a meeting and then we actually meet with them and blah, blah blah you know you have to have all of that so you can fit you can figure out what your funnel needs to look like in order to hit your 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 sales goals ultimately so i really think people need to do that and if you don't understand your numbers and have a bookkeeper you know you're going to be in a hard place hmm. maybe uh and that's great advice because the question i was just going to ask you is what's 
what's something that you've learned having you know taken that step that you would you would share with somebody who's considering it is that i mean that the numbers thing makes total sense to me but is there anything else like you would recommend for people to know before you get into this um this is something that you should you should understand well, so I guess to to just go back again with the, the financials and stuff, I understand why so many businesses fail because so many people don't understand that piece of it. And then I talk to some business owners that are successful and they can talk numbers. I mean, I have a friend that he owns this really successful asphalt company. He's a blue collar asphalt guy, but he can talk EBITDA all day long. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I think you, if you don't, whatever you don't know, there are so many books out there and I'm a big proponent of Audible. I've probably read or listened to about 50 books this year so far, too, because there's everything that you don't know you need to figure it out, and everything's online. You can figure it out online and teach yourself. But um, the other thing that I hear other people talk about and um, I realized early on, too, is that being an entrepreneur can be really lonely sometimes because you are you're on your own. And um, it's probably a good idea to get around other entrepreneurs, so maybe um, go to other networking events or events where you can learn something or one of those co-working spaces because that energy is addicting and it's good. So I think you know anything to keep you motivated or keep you in the know, if it's um, working with a coach or coaches, you know, I think all those things can be really helpful too because if you're not moving forward if you're just in your business you know spinning the wheel then you're going to have you're just going to stay there you're just, you know you want to they always say work on your business not in your business and keep moving towards that i think that's a great great piece of advice so uh, um it's coming down to the bottom of the half hour i'll just ask um two questions what's your favorite vacation spot mm-hmm yeah <laughs> Oh, okay. Do you want me to do that if one? You, if you don't mind, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think since I live in Minnesota, anywhere with a beach, anywhere warm <laughs> is pretty awesome. But I make a trip to Europe every year and try to go see somewhere different. But I um, picked locations where I, I like to go for our, our expansion. So we're not just in Minneapolis. We're in Chicago and Denver um, and Aspenvale area and then Miami, South Florida, and phoenix and texas so we have several locations and initially i mean quite frankly i picked places that i knew were going to be easy and had similar demographics and i thought would be a good transition for us but i also like to go to those locations (laughs) so makes perfect sense (laughs) uh and how can people find you on the internet again they can find us by just going to lumasearch.com and it's L-U-M-A search, S-E-A-R-C-H dot com. And yeah, I'm all over on LinkedIn and Facebook and all that stuff too, of course. Yeah, and I would invite anyone that is single or know someone that's single to go on to the site and at least fill out a form so they can become a free member and considered as a match to one of our clients. Oh, okay. So you can sign up initially for free. Yes. Very nice. Next time on The Dreamer's Moment. So uh, my dad, Ed Lucas, actually, he's, he's got a, a great story. And, of course, it's my family story as well. When he was 12, he was hit by a baseball between the eyes on a famous day when Bobby Thompson hit this shot heard around the world that won the 
New York Giants, the pennant in 1951, and he was so depressed that my grandmother wrote a letter saying, I have a 12-year-old boy who loves baseball, and you know he he's really depressed. He doesn't know what to do. And she wrote it to Leo DeRocher and a few other people in baseball, and they invited my father to sort of be their mascot. The Dreamer's Moment is part of the Life Podcast Network, a group of family-friendly podcasts bringing a positive message of hope and inspiration. Find us at lifepodcast.net.